You're listening to audio from the Town Center campus of CA Church, located in downtown Coquitlam. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. The Apostle Paul traveled around the Roman Empire telling people about Jesus planting churches and strengthening the disciples. One time Paul was in the city of Philippi, Philippi, which is pronounced like you want more dessert. Fill up pie. On the Sabbath day, he went down to the river and found a group of women praying. Paul shared with them the good news about Jesus. Lydia, a seller of fancy purple goods and a worshiper of God, was there. But she didn't yet know Jesus. The Lord opened her heart to listen to Paul's message. She believed and was baptized, and her household as well. Lydia insisted that Paul and the and his companions come to her house for a visit. While they were still in Philippi, Paul met a slave girl who was possessed by an evil spirit. Paul commanded the spirit to come out of her, and the girl was set free in an instant. The girl's cruel owners were not happy. They liked it when she had an evil spirit because people would pay money to come see the strange girl. Upset about their loss of income, the owners grabbed Paul and his friend Silas and dragged them before the rulers of the city. The crowd joined the rulers in attacking Paul and Silas. They were beaten with rods, thrown in prison, and fastened to a post so they could barely move. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns when a giant earthquake shook the foundations of the prison. All at once, the door swung open and everyone's chains broke free. The jailer awoke in a panic. He was sure all the prisoners had escaped, but Paul said with a loud voice, don't hurt yourself, we are all here. The jailer turned on the lights and rushed into the cell. Short enough, everybody was still, everyone was still there. The jailer fell down before Paul and Silas and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? That was the most important question the Philippine jailer could have asked. And the most important question anyone can ask, believe in the Lord Jesus. Paul and Silas answered, and you will be saved and you and your household as taught the world of God, the word of God, the jailer believed and was baptized, he and all his family. The next day, the rulers of the city came to apologize to Paul and Silas. They released them from prison and asked them to leave the city. Paul and Silas visited Lydia on their way out of town and encouraged the disciples to stay true to the gospel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. No one in this room will ever forget how to say Philippi (laughs) ever again. Um, Often in a, in a, in a, 
a service like this, uh, I will ask questions. And when I ask questions, you are welcome to yell out answers. And you don't have to be 12 and under to yell out those answers. Anyone is welcome to yell out uh, some answers. So when it comes to those moments where I pause, <laughs> any of you who know me know I don't pause very often. Blah, 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 blah. So you'll know that when I'm quiet for half a second, it means you're welcome to respond. I'm not being rhetorical. But when I was uh, about seven or, or eight, um, just a few blocks from my home, there was a forest. I thought it was a forest. It was actually a golf course. But around the golf course was a, a very thick forested area, which we used to go down to all the time and hang out in and run around. And, and then I got wind one, at one time that, that all the older kids were like building a tree fort. And they're putting a ladder on it. I mean, and they were just like starting their own community. It was, it was so great. It was so 12 years old. I was just seven or eight. And I was so impressed. And my brother told me about all, the, all his friends that were kind of hanging out down there. There's like 20 of his friends. And they, they built this. They're, they're like taking wood from their parents' places. And they're, they're going down and they're nailing this thing together. And I was so excited. So he took me down there. I was so excited to be part of this new community. And as I, I walked down, I got closer, and we're walking down the trail and into the opening. I could hear the guys and girls running back and forth. And I had an idea of what it was going to be like. I had a beautiful forest in mind. I had these welcoming teenagers that were just saying, hey, come on in, Brad. We're so glad uh, you're here. And as I approached this, this loud, they're playing tag, they're running around. As I approached the, uh, the treehouse, and I looked up, they looked down, and they went, you're not welcome here, stay out. Yeah, yeah, come on. I was quiet, so you can give me an awe. It hurt. It had, it had the, this, the, all my, my excitement, all this idea of finally, we're, we're getting together. We're starting this community where we can, we can hang out and all belong. And they told me to leave. And if you would think that my brother would uh, stand up for me, he did not. He hung out with his friends. Unbelievable, huh? I made my way home feeling un, un, alone and unwanted. Now, many of us have probably felt like that. Has anyone here felt like that before? You felt alone and unwanted? What are some situations where we, we felt like that? At home by yourself. We can tend to feel alone sometimes when we're at home by ourselves. Yeah. High school. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Element. What's that? In a big crowd, we can feel alone at times. Feel, even in the middle of a crowd, we can feel unseen. What's that, Kezia? When no one plays with you outside. I'll talk to your parents later. We'll see. There's, yeah, that can be hard, right? So at school sometimes. Even in the foyer. There, we got there. We got, I thought we'd get there faster. But there you are. Yeah, yeah. Even in the foyer of a church. Imagine... A place where everyone was and felt welcome. Not just was welcome, but felt, what would that look like? Didn't matter whether you were tall or short, whether you were big or small, whether you were a boy or a girl or man or a woman. Didn't matter how old you were. Didn't matter if you were married or single. These are the, now we're getting into the adult ones. Married or single, whether you had children or didn't have children, you always felt like you were part of the family. Didn't matter what your past was like. Didn't matter what labels you had on you, you are welcome into the family. There's no sign on the door that says, keep out. There's no sign on people's faces that says, keep out or in their behavior. 
Well, you know, when Jesus died, when he, when he died on the cross, something very cool, something very powerful happened because Jesus didn't just die on a cross to show his love to a certain group of people. He died on a cross not just to pay the price for some people's sins, but for everyone's sins. Now, most of us, if we've been in a church for a day, we're probably familiar with this verse. And it, there's a reason why this verse is one of our favorites. For God so loved an individual? No, the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him, shall not perish but have eternal life. That's what it means when we give our, ourselves uh, a new label, when Jesus uh, welcomes us into the family and we think of ourselves as Christ followers. We can also say we're part of Christ's community as well. That we are an important part of the church. So the same Paul that we read about in this story today, that Kezia led us through, also wrote this verse. And it's a little longer than the one we just read. He said, so you, if you're a Christ follower, you're no longer strangers and outsiders. You are together with God's people. You are members of God's family. You are a building that is built on the early church. So Paul and Silas, they started it. They are the foundation. Christ Jesus himself is the most important stone in the building. The whole building is held together by him. It rises to become a holy temple because it belongs to the Lord. And because you belonging to him. And if you're wondering, does that mean me? Yes. If you're questioning, does it mean you? Yes, it means you. If you belong to him, you too are being built together. You are being made into a house where God lives through his spirit. This means that if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have given your life to him, every other person that has, that has done that is now your brother and sister, is your spiritual family member. So look around this room. This is your spiritual family. It's weird to have siblings you don't even know their names. Might want to look into that after the service. So there's three important things I want us to take out of this idea. The first is this. You are welcome in the family of God. You are important to God and you are an important part of his family. If you're asking yourself as you walked in this morning, do I belong here? The answer is yes, you belong here. Everyone belongs here. Everyone has the, the call out to be welcomed into this church and into the larger family that it represents. So in the story that Kezia read to us this morning, Paul and Silas, they were early missionaries. What's a missionary? What's a missionary? Yeah, what is a missionary? People who go on missions, what do they do on missions? They tell, they tell others what Jesus has done for them. Yeah. Yeah, laying out the whole gospel, right? They go and they proclaim the good news that Jesus lived, died, and rose again. And this is what we see throughout Acts. This is what we see Paul and Silas proclaiming. And so the first part, we see three different people here that Paul and Silas interact with. First is a woman named Lydia. Very good. You guys were listening. And she knew about God, but she didn't know that Jesus was God. A lot of people come into a church and they know a lot about God, Often, if they've never stepped into a church or never been in a Christian community, they might have certain ideas of who God is that actually don't line up with how God's revealed himself in Scripture, in the Bible. So a lot of people are like this. They have an idea. They might even pray sometimes, but they might not understand who Jesus is and what he's done. And that's why we need people to be on mission, not only far away, but also to our neighbors. 
She was a businesswoman, it tells us. She maybe was even very rich because she dealt in purple cloth. You don't just deal in purple cloth by going to Walmart or the, as my wife used to do, the Guru Bazaar in Vancouver and just find the cloth you like and then go sell it. You had to create purple cloth and it was a long, drawn out business to do it. It was very difficult to get the purple dye to make um, purple cloth. And where did Paul and Silas find Lydia? She was down by the river praying. Many early followers believed, or many um, people who were spiritual believed that the gods or God dwelt near running water because running water meant life and it brought life and it was fresh and it was full of life. And so she's down there and Paul tells her about Jesus and that because of Jesus, she could know that God saw her, knew her and loved her. And when she heard that, she decided that she wanted to love Jesus back and decided to be a Christian. That's really what being a Christian is. Understanding how much God loves us through his son Jesus and then deciding I'd like to love him back with my whole life. So can a wealthy woman like Lydia belong in a church? Yes. Then Paul and Silas met a slave girl. She was owned by two very bad men. She had a bad spirit, an evil spirit living in her, which might seem scary. But notice it took very little for Paul to tell that spirit to take off. Often when we hear about dark spirits in scripture, we might think, oh, that's very, that's very scary. But the minute they come in contact with the name of Jesus, they seem to be a lot less scary. If you were to come to my house and knock on the door, you would hear a dog bark. And that might make you step back a bit. And I tell you, if you open the door, that dog is going to come bounding towards you. And when you try to go up the stairs, that dog is going to do whatever it can to stop you from getting up those stairs. Now, that might seem intimidating, but if I showed you that my dog looked like this, it might be a little less intimidating. The only power this dog has is a yap. When a demon, when a dark spirit, when the devil comes close to Jesus, all they have is a yap. If you're wondering where you've seen this dog before, um, this next slide might help you. Yeah. Um, just saying. <laughs> She's the most unscary dog ever. She just makes a lot of noise. That was the bad, evil spirit, powerless in the presence of God's power. He was really just annoying. So Paul told him to be quiet and leave the girl alone. And because he was nothing compared to the name of Jesus, he left in Acts chapter 16, 18. Finally, Paul became so annoyed. I love that. It's, so, it's such a real person, a real um, display of who Paul was. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. Can a poor girl who was once overpowered by an evil spirit belong in a church? Absolutely, she can. Can people who have been bound to all sorts of different addictions and hurts have all sorts of trouble in their past? Can they belong in a church? Sure, all right, they can. Two men who were making a lot of money off these girls because people used to, to like to watch her do strange things, who were now very angry that Paul had saved her and that she no longer would make money for them, they got the, the crowd riled up and had Paul and Silas sent to prison in the town of Philippi. Philippi. And in prison, Paul and Silas gave up. 
They're like, well, if this is going to get us into prison, I just, I think we're done. No, that's not what the story says. Paul and Silas, you're like, wait, that doesn't, is that what? No. What version is he reading? Paul and Silas sang songs. They prayed and everyone was listening. You know what? When you go through tragedy, when you go through difficulty, and you continue to sing hymns and be people of prayer, people take notice. Why, where does that person find the strength? There was a big earthquake and their chains fell off. There was a big, uh, but, they, but they didn't run away. They just waited there. What would you have done? You don't know what's coming tomorrow. You're chained up. You know there's an angry crowd out there. You've known what's happened to other Christians. And an earthquake comes. Everything bursts open. Your chains are open. What do you do? They didn't run away. And the jailer who saw this, saw that they had peace while they were in prison, saw that the earthquake had happened, saw that it happened, opened up their chains, and they still did not leave, was impressed by their faith. He thought, these guys believe, and they have a faith in something very powerful, and I want it. And if this does this to them, maybe it can do it for me. And he said, what must I do to be saved? And as Kezia read, and that was the most important question he could ask. And he said, it's easy. Give your life to Jesus. Believe and, and, and you will be saved. Not just you. Your whole family can be saved. Let's go tell them. Can a soldier whose heart has been hardened by war and prison belong in a church? Well, why was that one harder? <laughs> of course. One who seemed like, in this day, the enemy of all that the church was trying to do, of course he can be welcomed into the church. There's no stay out sign on the church. There shouldn't be one in our language. There shouldn't be one on our doors. There shouldn't be one in our attitude. No, there shouldn't be one. All are welcome. Second thing I want to say is this. We grow in the family of God. Being part of the family changes us. And we realize that, that the welcoming work of Jesus should be alive in us as well. When Jesus welcomes us in, he takes us as we are, but he loves us so much that he wants to work in us and make us more like him. Notice that Lydia's response and the jailer's response were the same. The minute they became saved, they said, hey, come on over to our house and have a meal. They immediately, their hearts were changed and they wanted to offer hospitality. No longer was Lydia hanging out outside the city. She came into the city, said, come to my house and let's have a meal. The jailer who was confining them, once the walls were open, said, not only said, take off or stay here. He said, come over to my place and let's have a meal. There is something beautiful about eating a meal together. There's something very Christian about sharing a meal together. That's why we're having one today after the service in Studio A. Right out that way. All right. Because families should eat together. Not just your family at home, your immediate family, but your spiritual family. We ought to have meals together. That's why we have communion once a month. Remembering, reminding ourselves of the family that we are in and the blood of Christ that purchased it for us. The jailer started serving Jesus instead of Rome. The girl no longer was overpowered by an annoying spirit. She started listening to the voice of Jesus and being animated by his spirit. They were baptized. They were hospitable. They began meeting together. We learned at the end of the story today. They did life in community. 
That's why in this church we also say you need to get in community. If you're, if you're um, a young person in the church, get involved in, in youth groups. Get involved in community groups. If you're an adult and you're looking for community, not just on a Sunday. Just not, we're not spiritual camels. We don't just fill up and we're like, I'm good. We need to live in community like the early church. They were invited into a new way of seeing their lives. A new story to live in. They knew that they were seen. They knew that they were known. They knew that they were loved by God and they were welcomed in and they responded by saying, listen, if Jesus loves me with his whole life, I want to give him my whole life back. If Jesus loves me with his whole life, if he showed his love on the cross and he continues to love me with his whole life, I want to give him my whole life back. That's what it means to be a Christian. My works, my words, my behavior, everything belongs to him. My past, my future. And this is the last thing I want us to learn from this text. Because it's such a beautiful story that we're learning from 2,000 years ago of the beginning of a church, the actual unfolding of a brand new church in a small town of Fill Up Pie. When we look at this story, we see a small version of what God wants to do to his entire creation. Create a community that welcomes Lydia's and slave girls and, and Roman soldiers and people like you and me, regardless of our age or our life situation or our past or what we think our future is going to be like, not just in Coquitlam or the Tri-Cities or BC or Canada, but all over the world. And he's been doing it for 2,000 years in every language, every nation. And the best part is he's not done. So you and I get to be Paul's and Silas's and Lydia's and Roman soldiers and girls with a past. It's pre a pretty amazing thing that you and I can travel virtually anywhere in the world and find family. Isn't that a beautiful thing that in our, in our lifetime, we see how far the Great Commission, the invitation that Jesus gave his first followers to go into all the world and make disciples, teaching them what he taught and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That we are seeing, that we are extensions of that story. And as you heard today uh, about the missions uh, trips that we continue to go on. We continue to be a part of that story. We continue to be Paul's and Silas's. This is Jesus' church. This is Jesus' church. It doesn't belong to the rich or the poor, the married or the single, those who feel broken, those who feel like they have it all together. The church doesn't belong to the adults. If you love Jesus, you're in, regardless of your age. And you are an important part of the family. And what a beautiful family God has created full of color and different languages and different, seven different kinds of soups. And with different gifts for everyone who is here, different ideas. So whether you're a child or whether you're an adult, however you've come in here today, I want you to leave with this fact. You are a welcome part of this family. Not just this Family, this church, small C, but the church, capital C. You are an important part of this family. Now, often when you join a club, you get a badge. You maybe get a, a, sh a shirt. Um, sometimes you get bracelets. For all the kids today who are here, we've got a, a button that we want you to, to take after the service today that reminds you, I belong at Town Center. Yeah. And I would invite you to wear it every week when you come to church. I mean, if you've got a really nice shirt and dress, I don't want you to mess it up. But 
it would be a good thing to, to wear. And remind yourself, regardless of your age, and some of you might think, maybe we need to give it to all the seniors here as well as the young people. <laughs> regardless of your age, you are an important part of this family. And scripture, the Bible tells us over and over and over that everyone has a part to play and everyone was worth the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, for the kids and for everyone, you are welcome in this family. You are welcome to grow and invited to grow in this family, in community. And we are all invited to continue to be a part, as Paul and Silas were, as, as modern-day missionaries are far and near, to continue to proclaim this story, to tell people that they are loved by God and it's shown through the person Jesus and they can respond with their lives by saying, if he loved me with his whole self, I want to love him back with my whole life. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your love for us. Your, your display, display of love that, that simply could not have gone any further. That leaves no room for any more questions of your deep desire to be in relationship with your creation. God, for many of us, we might come in here on a Sunday and we've, we've, we've been looking for community all week. We've been looking to be, to be seen and known and, and told that we are, we are loved and we are important. And there's no other association that we need. There's, no other, there's no, no other label we need other than the fact that we belong to you. That we are in Christ. That's the most important uh, identity label we could possibly have. It, it, uh, it trumps every other label we could possibly try to aspire to or gain. And so I pray that you would speak to us this morning. You would do a work in us, you would remind us of your deep love for us. And I pray like Lydia, like, like the, the Roman uh, soldier, the jailer, that, that our lives would be animated by your spirit, that we would be hospitable, that we would be excited about this new story that we've been written into. Thank you for this, this beautiful story that out-narrates all other stories that you have welcomed us into, that gives all of our smaller stories purpose. I pray today as we spend time together, eating a meal, getting to know each other more, that we would find connections, that we would have the courage to be known and we, we would have the, the radar to reach out through your spirit and love those who are in our community. I pray that those outside this community would look in this church and say, whatever they've got, I want. May we kind of have the kind of peace and the joy, the kind of... Um, Steady understanding of reality that Paul and Silas had, even in prison, even while persecuted. And may it be a testimony to the world outside these walls. Send us this week to be your missionaries in these neighborhoods, around this church, and in our own neighborhoods. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. You can go to cachurch.ca to find out more about getting involved in the life and mission of CA Church.